Free Talk Live, and you can dial toll-free. Join us right here on the radio. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Jay. And Mark. We've got Skype. You can Skype in at Skype username LRN.FM. Last night, we started a, a new story that was I thought was pretty interesting and never really got around to uh to finishing it i don't in fact i'm not even sure how far through uh we ended up mark but you had a story about isis and specifically the christian version of isis as cited by a, a, a islamic scholar I well guess muslim say. i mean a muslim? A, a, a muslim lawyer i mean i don't know you know whether he would call himself an islamic scholar uh, i okay. can't really say i mean i don't have a great deal of information on his uh uh, his pedigree, but and he brought up the Lord's Resistance Army. Now, if you happen to have the very first thing that he said about that, I'd like you to recap. You know, who is the Lord's Resistance Army? There was some sort of statistic right when it was introduced in the story about how many people they've killed compared well, to you know somebody yeah. else. To give whatever. you a backstory, basically, he was getting confronted on Twitter by somebody that they call a white supremacist. Now, I'm not sure who the hell a white supremacist is these days. I, um, I Chris think Cantwell. I, well. I don't know. I mean, people they people throw this term around. It's meaningless to me. I don't care. Um, but the you know the white supremacist essentially or whomever this guy says uh, essentially, hey, if Islam's so great, then how come there ain't no Christian? If Islam and Christian Christianity are the same and it's a religion of peace or whatever, you know, is his claim? Um, how come there there ain't no Christian uh, ISIS? And he says, well, first, uh, he, you know, he quotes a bunch of things that I that are historical and not of particularly much interest to me. I don't think that there is, um, you know, you got to tread out the crusades if you're a, a Muslim and talking about something, you know, I can answer a thousand that years ago. All right. Let's hear it. Well, I would say the reason there's no Christian ISIS is because there's no big money backing them up to uh, fund them and support them. And, you know, there's what's the point of a, you know, to the power brokers or the powers to be to fund a Christian backed organization to destabilize you know, somewhere. I mean, ISIS, as far as I'm concerned, is literally just a, a creation that destabilized the Middle East. So you're saying ISIS is the government? Well, I would say definitely that they're the CIA uh, either allowed instance. to be ha- created because of power vacuums that have existed there from the United States. Is That's clear. Bombing the crap <laughs> out of them. And then they magically end up with all this, you know, U.S. basically funded equipment, guns and and whatever. And there's just been so many. F- it just it's just too well funded to to not be a setup as far as I'm concerned. I, I doubt, you know, I doubt that common everyday, you know, Muslim people are, you know, sending, you know, you know, amp donations to ISIS. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> you know some what I mean? suspicious it's, things about ISIS. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you've got the, the fact that there was at least one photograph of some ostensible ISIS fighters who were pointing in different directions as they were supposed to be praying to Mecca, which you're supposed to face in the same direction. This is like, you know, basic uh, Islam 101. Certainly photographic proof of uh, American weapons ending up in the hands of ISIS. But how does that happen? We don't know. Um, It's all... You know, the, that 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 stuff is uh, it, it's sort of fringe in the sense that we don't entirely know how it happens. It's not saying that it's not true, just it's not generally accepted. People generally accept ISIS bad, right? ISIS um, is bad. I but, think that's a true statement. Well, the people who want to create wars and destabilize Middle East, you know, are are probably would consider themselves as some sort of Christian, I'm thinking, or maybe, uh, I don't know, I, I shouldn't even speculate that, but, you know, 
let's make the Muslims look like the bad guys is like really what the agenda seems to be of those who want war in this world. Sure. And they, they certainly uh, want a police state. Uh, yep. The Muslims are the, the new boogeyman yep. to point to out there and justify more government involvement in our lives to justify another story we touched on last night uh was the the new inv- more invasive uh border procedures where people from outside of the united states may have their phones uh dramatically searched uh giving being forced to turn over passwords to social media for instance this uh, sounds like this is becoming the new policy with uh this current administration the toll-free number, if you want to join us, by the way, is 855-450-FREE. So, Lord's Resistance Army, right. Mark, who are they? And give me a little more. So, this caller, basically, after he lists some, I think, historical chaff, yeah. um, which is sort of pointless to me, he, meant, he mentions the Lord's Resistance Army in Uganda that has maimed, raped, and killed up to 100,000 people, according to the UN, during the past 15 years. Oops, sorry about that. Which is far more <laughs> destructive than ISIS, and they've done so to establish biblical law as self-described as a self-described Christian organization. So they've killed more people than ISIS over 15 years. Is that what you just said? Oh yes, much okay. more. They're okay. far more destructive is the claim. Uh, now, I haven't looked into these people very thoroughly. Yeah. This is the claim and I find it, you know, interesting that huh Turns out there are Christian organizations. Now they're not in the United States and I think that's what these people are generally asking is how come there aren't any uh, killing American groups or uh, something. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's not really any ISIS in the United States either. Right. Um, it's, you know, has to do with uh, stability and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, then he goes on. The Central African Republic Christian militias have destroyed every single mosque. And the UN reports that Muslims are facing ethnic cleansing. So that's genocide for those of you who don't know supposedly at the hands of the christians the lord's resistance with reports that christians are cannibalizing muslims literally that's not very christian of them folks no definitely not which again you know is worth pointing out anybody can claim to be a christian and then go out and commit atrocities right yeah because you just go ask for forgiveness on sunday and you're all set for another week of raping and maiming, right? Well, and anyone can similarly claim to be a Muslim and go out and commit atrocities. And when somebody does that, you know, most people don't think too hard about, oh, those people may not actually be adhering to the tenets of their religion. They might be radicals. They might be crazy. Right. Uh, you know, people well, don't think that. They're like Christian or Muslim bad. That's because I look at Christianity from the inside. Now, I'm not. A, I wouldn't call myself you were. a Christian. You're Quaker now. Well, yeah. I mean, the Quakers. Some Quakers are Christians. Yeah. Um, but I. I don't. I'm a. I was raised Christian. I understand Christianity pretty well. Um, you know, I read the Bible through a couple of times, and I think I know it. But I don't really. I'm pretty ignorant as far as uh, as Islam goes, and what I hear tends to come through filtered through you know media that is you know not there. Not um, and and I know news is bad news, right? Like the one billion Muslims that didn't kill anybody yesterday. Not news. Mm. The one billion Muslims that have, you know, have no interest really, or you know, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of millions of Muslims who have no interest in, um, you know, just destabilizing countries and all that other stuff. They just want a place to live and all that other, um, you know, the the life that that I want for my family, they want for their family. Those people, they don't make news. They're not interesting. 
The people that make news are the refugees, which, um, you know, and many people have uh, vilified them saying there's too many men or whatever. And I'm not I'm not clear on that. But we've read some statistics that say, nope, the refugees are not all men. I think that probably when these uh, the refugees go to a place that you'll see the men and the women separate in most cases Hmm. because that's their culture. So then you can get a real good picture of a bunch of men together and say, see, look, it's Uh, all men. All men. That's just a guess. I don't know, um, but I don't propose to know. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I, I can, I take everything I see and I try to filter it out, not just pick the stuff I like, because that's what, you know, that's, that's what humans tend to do. I try to work against that. That's not how you educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So going on here, um, in America, white supremacists who are self-described Christian are the single largest terror threat to American security. That's according to the FBI and 392 police agencies in a study published last year. So the FBI and 392 policing agencies, the thin blue line says that white supremacists are the problem, not Muslims. Now, I don't know. I don't. I think well, government's the problem. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the FBI and all them agencies are the number one, yeah. you know, threat to my my, my freedom and security. They're they the number one terrorist as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, look, I am against white supremacists as I am against any other supremacist of, uh, you know, any colored sort. Uh, I, you know, I with that said, the idea that white supremacists are the number one threat seems to me that you know that doesn't say much about there being many threats in the united states right like where's all the violence i don't feel on threatened the by these? them either right yeah. i don't feel threatened by any of these honeybees probably do more damage yeah. than white supremacists toll free number here 855-453-855-450-3733 more about the uh lord's resistance yeah. army coming up It is Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us here. We're talking about the Lord's Resistance Army. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got Skype, and Skype username here is lrn.fm. You know, Mark, uh, you've been telling us about the Lord's Resistance Army, and we're going to learn a little bit more about them. In fact, I was just as I was digging around... I found that the Coney guy is apparently associated with the Lord's Resistance Army. Now, listeners may remember the viral sensation Coney 2012, I think it was, years ago. It now, sounds right. At this point. Uh, that particular warlord-type character, actually, he is apparently one of the leaders in the Lord's Resistance Army. And there's actually some news about him Uh, that we can share with you. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. But also, want to let you know about hope.freetalklive.com. Since we're talking about Uganda, Mark, you've got something going on out there to actually help some of the people who are in, uh, specifically orphans, who are in not so great a shape. Yeah, so if um, I recently, today I did an Edgington Post, and for those that don't know, I have my own podcast, and mostly it's... um, interviews and things that I want to talk about and mm-hmm. stuff I want to... Um, the stuff I won't let you do here on the radio because, yeah. well, I mean, because talk- we have a, a show that's not really about interviews. Yeah, Free Talk Live isn't uh, formatted for longer conversations and stuff like that. So what I did was um, I interviewed the guy, one of the guys I'm working with to help build this orphanage. 
And by when I say build, all I'm doing is trying to put together the U.S. side fundraising for this um, as best I can. I mean, I can't afford to, uh, you know, build an orphanage by myself or anything like that and don't intend to. What I want to do is I want people to give give people an opportunity to help an orphan. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that there aren't even that many in the United States. Uh, most of them are taken care of by the government, that kind of thing. In Uganda, no. I mean, there's just a guy who's got these kids and he's taking care of them as best he can. And right now they need about $2,000 to get cement and rebar uh, to put in a foundation for this building that they're going to make for the orphanage. They really need to get it right away because they made a 60,000 clay bricks to build the walls with. These people don't need much. They just need a little to get going. So mm-hmm. 60,000 bricks, but it's the rainy season. It's just start, The rainy season's just started, so these bricks are going to begin to deteriorate very quickly if we can't get this foundation put in. So I've been working with them for like eight months now, and the rubber's really hit the road as far as uh, time frames go. Jay, you probably laid more than one foundation in your life. Does uh, $2,000 sound uh, pretty legit? for uh, cement and rebar? Well, it sounds dirt cheap. It sounds cheap. That's what it yeah. sounds Seeing like to yeah. It's about $90 a yard delivered here. And, you know, like, oh, boy, a yard don't go that far. You it know, doesn't go very far. square feet. And, yeah. And but essentially, he gets all the labor for free. People, mm-hmm. you know, in the area are willing to help, but they don't have the money. Right. You know, and if you go to hope.freetalklive.com, I will help them. You get the money there. I've given some um, some systems for you to d- donate directly. You can give Bitcoin. You can do PayPal. You can do uh, MoneyGram or Western Union, whatever it is that you're comfortable with. I'll help. Hope.freetalklive.com. You're going to tell us a little bit more here about uh, the Christian version of ISIS. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Let's go first, though, across Africa to Sierra Leone, where Mustafa is on the line. Now, Mustafa, I know that you weren't necessarily calling about the uh, Lord's Resistance Army, but I'm just curious. Obviously, Africa is a very big place. It's a giant place. (laughs) And uh, Sierra Leone is very far away from Uganda. But I am curious to know, you know, is there any kind of presence that the Lord's Resistance Army has out your way or that you've ever heard of? Oh, well, thank you very much, guys. Um, No, not like that. You know, you know, we are just from the Ebola outbreak and um, at the same time, we fought like 11 years just because of the bloody war, bloody diamonds. So, but <laughs> silent don't have something like that. But we are now cool and then we are now calculated, stayed focused, but fast approaching to the election. So, like, people are crazy going for registration for the next election come 2018. So, you said that, uh, so you're referring to the civil war in Sierra Leone and that uh, people are looking forward to the, the elections that are upcoming? Yes, because like um, you know, it's like you know, Sagalin has been known as like um, um, a city, like um, a country which more reaches like golds and diamonds. So like just because we um, we fought a bloody war, we are we cut hands, cut legs, and you know, so like we have gone through that now. So like it's bit like um, 19 years back. So like we are one of the most peaceful country in West Africa hmm. now. As I'm talking, yes, in one of the most peaceful. Count in, in West Africa, as I'm saying, and um, as for now, we are going to the um, close to the elections. That is um, next year, come 2018, March 7th, people will go to the polls. Now, in, like you know, in uh, in Sierra Leone, I mean, I remember we've looked at the various different 
rankings. There are international rankings of countries as far as their freedom rankings. You you know, comparing 180 or so uh, different nations around the world on economic and and personal freedom. And I I don't recall where Sierra Leone was on the most recent ranking, but I know it was generally in the the bottom, uh, you know, 25 percent. Uh, down towards the uh, the very bottom of the of the list, uh, we'd have to review it and see if it's been moving up. But ha- so the elections, how many years you know do you have to go between elections? Is it two years, four years? You know how long between uh, from one to the next? And is it a, an entire national election where everybody from uh, the you know national assembly or whatever they might be called there to the uh, the president or the whatever the equivalent might be uh, is the whole government? potential to be turned over could you elect a whole new government what what's what's at stake oh well like in Sierra Leone, like um we go for like five years so like mm-hmm. every sitting government is going for five years but like you know um it's like it's all going to the people of the knowledge like like um it's any government that comes like they like they they used to do like 10 in 10 years that is two terms so like this present government now we call the apc and the slpp it is between the red and green like like the slpp they are the one who, who brings like they, they brought um democracy so like those people they are well democratic and then when it's come about democracy these people they love democracy but like the SL, the APC, they have been ruling us like something like 27 years oh. when we have like dictatorship. So, but what happened? So wait, when, the APC um, is our, in charge right now? Yes, they are in charge because like the SLPP, um, after they, they brought democracy, um, our past leader, late leader called um, President Ahmad Tijan Kaba is a late man now. And um, he decided to cross the power over to APC because like the people have been sick, like they're sick and tired of SLPP. Okay. But, but like they think that maybe SLPP was doing the wrong things. But as for now, things is so, so bad. APC more di- so APC, more of a dictator-like group, but still elected um are both yes. are both of those political groups still are they still the two main groups that will be uh, fighting in the upcoming election yes they are the two main group because we have another party as well we have another party but unfortunately like Sierra Leone, um slpp and apc they are the main group but apc um Mustafa, hold that like, thought hold that try- thought we're going to come back here uh, more from the continent of africa with uh the isis christian isis we got to talk more about them and your calls and thoughts are welcome sierra leone by the way number 145 on the list bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current bitcoin core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi's vision. As community efforts to resolve these problems have failed, it is necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you are casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. It is Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Wherever you are in the world, you got to sleep sometime. And hopefully sooner rather than later. And hopefully you'll be doing it on a, a wonderful pillow from MyPillow.com. I was just enjoying my MyPillow moments before we started the show. 
I was up pretty early this morning as Daryl uh, Perry and I went to the State House. We left the studio here bright and early at 7.15, so uh, I needed a little bit of a nap, and man, I passed right out on my pillow. It's just so, such a great pillow. I can't say enough good things about it. I'm really glad I ended up with one, um, and you as well, Mark. You also have the my pillow. We've been using ours for about a year. Yeah, it's a great pillow. Point. And uh, highly recommend it. You can try yours out at very low risk by going to MyPillow.com using code FTL. That's code FTL, like Free Talk Live. And that gets you half off. So you can get one for half off, or you can look at also, also look at it a different way. Two for the price of one. If you want to get two, then uh, it's a great deal. And if you, for some reason, you don't agree with us and you don't like it, well, that's okay. They've got a 60-day window of time where you can just send it back to them. And then they'll give you your purchase price back. It is that simple, and the MyPillow is designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. It's also washable. You can uh, pop it in your washer and dryer. It is designed for that. It's a great product, and it's backed by a 10-year warranty as well. So go to MyPillow.com and use code FTL. That's MyPillow.com. Code FTL as we go back to Mustafa. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Lord's Resistance Army, the so-called uh, ISIS of the Christian world. But first, we go back to Mustafa, who is on the line with us from Sierra Leone. And I did pull up the numbers here from the most recent freedom rankings. There's the Cato Institute has a human freedom index, which takes into account economic and personal freedoms on that particular ranking based on 2014 numbers. So their 2016 study looked at data from 2014. So this is the most recent data available from this study. And uh, Sierra Leone ranked in at number 133 out of 159 different countries ranked. And then if you go over to the Heritage Foundation, their 2016 edition of the uh, their freedom rankings, which is more of an economic freedom focus, and you look at Sierra Leone there, it is not in the bottom. It's it's not actually in the repressed category anymore. I believe that it was at one time in the past, and we've been talking about these things. It has uh, moved out of the repressed category and is now at number 145 out of 180. Uh, not exactly a shining star for freedom, but it is now ranked in the so-called mostly unfree uh, country countries of the world. So uh, he's back with us, Mustafa. You were telling us about the yeah. elections process there and the uh, the different political factions that are there. The uh, what was it? The SL was it SLCC and APC? It's SLPP. SLPP. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't take a note, uh, and, and I, sh- I should have done that. Yeah. Uh, and they, they are the one, they are the one who, who bring democracy into Sagalia. So they brought after the civil war, SLPP yes. brought democracy. Yeah, they, then they democracy. ended up losing. <laughs> in their uh, yeah, democratic were... <laughs> system to the APC, yes. which is more yeah. uh, less friendly towards democracy, but still ha- they haven't abolished the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the point is like the people are sick and tired of them. So like they mm-hmm. think that maybe they are the wrong people. So what happened is like, you know, APC decided to give the people that, no, ah, we had the new APC now, not the old APC. So this is the this is what they campaign to the people. So like the, the people think that it is new APC. They, they are... They forgot that these people have already ruled them for 27 years. Yeah, so so, what now? so, so you don't believe them then, right? So like you you are aware that uh, the APC, they haven't really changed their, uh, you know, behind the scenes. They're just trying to pretend like they're different. That's what they do here in America, too. Yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. We don't love them. We don't love them because, like, we think that maybe and most of them they are not, you know, libertarian guys. They always try to force people, you know. So we don't love their system of governance. So, but like, you know, the, the people are still, you know, because presently, like, we are in our states in major and all that stuff, full stuff getting go ups, you know, and you know, people are sick and tired of now. So, the people we try to see how they can decide come 2018. Now, when we had first talked to you, I don't know, maybe sometime last year, uh, you had told us that you were involved in a libertarian movement there. It was the Sierra Leone Libertarian Group. Uh, was it Group? SLG? Mustafa has been calling in for years, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's SLLG. It's the Sierra Liberty Group. Right, right, right. You're confusing him, perhaps, with our friend from Cameroon, Akko. Yeah, he's been calling in for years. Mustafa's relatively new to the show, maybe not more than a year. Maybe I've just been talking to him for years then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sierra Leone Libertarian Group. Now, you know, how are you guys approaching the upcoming election? Is there actually a libertarian political party, or are you just kind of outside of the political parties? And how hard would it be to start a political party there? Like we are, uh, you know, we we have less government attention. So like we just try to see how we can give the people idea that you need to think maturely and um, you know and um, these people are snake. Like they are green snake in a green grass. So What's the word? They they're they're, they're, they're a snake. You're you're saying that the uh, the ALG or so the APC they're, is they're a snake? They, they, yes, they are green snakes. They are green snake always hiding in the green grass. So they think Got that it. maybe they are smart. So we tell the people that these people are snake. They are green snake always hiding in the green grass. So mm-hmm. don't trust them. Don't believe them. And um, keep your head focused and stay in touch with your businesses and you'll be better because the young people, they are the stake. So always they try to use the people, give them drugs, let them go out and misbehave, all the stuff. So like mm-hmm. we try to see how we can give them idea that don't go there, try to stay away from politicians because these people <laughs> that's are good advice <laughs> you yeah. can't believe and, those um, people yeah we can't believe them because these people are very dangerous so like we'll be having our one day event um, come sunday um our first coin fist event that will be undertaken in 13 county 13 city worldwide we are you know it started in vancouver so we, we tell what is it called about, what coin it's coin fist coin fist can you coin sp- fest Fe- coin fest yes coin fist Yes, C O I N F E S T. Okay, I'm new. To, I'm new to that. I'm not aware of the coin yeah, fest. it is. It is. It is started in Vancouver, and um, huh. it is right. Yes, in 13 cities, right round. You know, I can send you the brochure, and then maybe I send you invitation tickets, maybe our banner, so you can. Take okay, so this is a uh, this is like a, a, a cryptocurrency event, coin fest. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a cryptocurrency movement. So, oh, like, we, we tell people about. Yeah, bitcoins and tell them about you know how they can stay focused in their businesses so we invite many young entrepreneurs in Sierra Leone like I'm just yeah. from um, I see um, on their speech. website right now yeah there you are Sierra Leone Liberty Group is one of the supporting uh, organizations listed at uh, coinfest.org Mustafa what's the bitcoin penetration like in um, Sierra Leone I mean do how many a, people have do them? a lot of people have it if you get bitcoins do you, to use them do you have to convert them to whatever the local currency is or can you use them straight up how's that work yes people are using btc now so what happened is like you know when the ebola outbreak was terrorizing sierra leone like i set up um, bitcoin against ebola we have people donate bitcoins and we convert it in leon so like we have been working with um and an, a company a um, a cash transfer company called splash mobile money that was working with a billion 
yes, splash mobile, splash mobile money. And they are, they, we work with them with um, a company in, in Ghana called the Beam Remittant. So like I went in Ghana in 2014, 2015 to study about Bitcoins and blockchain technology. So mm. like I came back and see how I can, you know, set up my own bit, Bitcoin um, transaction called bitleons.com. So like I, I'm trying to. The Leon how... is the national currency in Sierra Leone. Yes, is the currency. Yeah. So like we just name it at Bitleons, B I T L E O N, Bitleons. So that is the cash transfer system that we want to. So people can, you know, if you have your BTC, you can come down and change your BTC in our office space. It's so interesting. Like some of our members. Yeah, some of our members will be running those things as well. So, like, we encourage entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. So, like, I'm just from a business speech where we present different speech, um, businesses as well. So, like, I love Mustafa, man. He's always got something cooking. He's <laughs> he, always he do, he does, yeah. and he knows that uh, you know these cryptocurrencies are a path to far more liberty. Because absolutely, they, the, the government can't hold them. They're like uh, water in their hands. Actually, Mustafa, hang on. I want you to come back with us. You got a little bit more time. All right, good, good, good. More with uh, Mustafa here in moments and your calls and thoughts. Welcome. He's in Sierra Leone, Africa, and this is Free Talk Live. You can join us. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us right here. If you want, you can bring up anything that you want to discuss. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking cryptocurrency with uh, Mustafa from Sierra Leone, which is uh, actually that Freetown, the capital there, Sierra Leone, is going to be hosting an event related to CoinFest. Now, CoinFest isn't a sponsor of Free Talk Live. We'd never heard of it. Uh, before five minutes ago, so I just kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about that. And uh, we were, Mark, you were asking Mustafa about the Bitcoin world there in Sierra Leone. You know, how much penetration does it have? How popular is it? Uh, because here in the U.S., it's not really that popular. I mean, there's definitely some people who are fans of uh, Bitcoin, but it certainly doesn't have much in the way of market penetration as far as you know businesses. Uh, that accepted. We're still in the very, very early days yep. as far as uh, the spreading of uh, of cryptocurrency. So it's Ian J and Mark in the studio here tonight. Our toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty three. If you want to join us, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And Mustafa is still with us there, where it is well past midnight at this point uh, in Sierra Leone. So thanks for staying up late and and joining us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. You know, I'm always with you guys. So, like, um, like you know, as I was um, talking, you know, um, we are trying to see how we can spread the Bitcoin ideas and cryptocurrency so to people because, you know, we have so much bad system in, in terms of banking, especially in, in Africa, in terms of people receiving their money to Western Union and MoneyGrams. Like, you know, these guys are cutting a large amount of percentage when people are sending their money. So, like, it's right. bad. So we believe the future, the future money, the future is like BTC will we overturn all these things. So we believe in Bitcoins. We believe that if we take the ideas to people about BTC in Sierra Leone, I believe as time goes on, they can know that the features of money come 2020. Now, another know, question that I have, you know, regarding penetration of Bitcoin is more of a question of penetration of Internet access, because if there's no Internet you don't have any Bitcoin. So what is the uh, – I mean, in Freetown probably has more internet than a lot of uh, Sierra Leone. But what, what's the – you know, across the, the, uh, the country, 
what percentage? Do you have any idea offhand of the people of Sierra Leone are connected to the internet? Yes, yes. Like um, we we have yeah we have lots and of people you know connecting to the internet. What was the amount? I'm because sorry. When Large. It's like um, we we have seven seven million population in Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. so we just have something like um, like five percent of the people in Sierra Leone using internet facility. Okay, but that's like, not a lot. Um, we, 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 yeah, we have we we have the broadband presently. We have um, the broadband system. We are the government have bring in the broadband system. We have people connect to. How are you connecting um, right now? What is because you sound good? You're on Skype with us here, and you know you sound better than the average caller uh, to Free yeah, Talk yeah. Live. <laughs> yeah, it is not easy. You know, like um, for me to connect with you guys, it's not easy unless maybe you you will stand late in the day. You know, like um, it is now going to twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in in yes, late. So like if you be late and you you are hop. You know, you can get good internet lines because I'm using MIFA. So, like, when you're using MIFA, it's a bit better, but like, it's a bit expensive. So, like, you spend like something like two to three dollar, you know, and then um, for you to access internet for the rest of the day. So, like, you just and so you're credit. on like a are you on like a, a a wireless card on a laptop? What is the, what is the setup like? Yes, it is a wireless connections. It's called MIFA. So, like, you can MIFA. put the MIFA. Yes, you can put it far, like ten meter distance. It's like be like uh, not too much far, and you can com- you can connect like eight computer mm-hmm. with, with that. So like everybody can like connect. A hot spot, then, like a like a they yes. call that a hotspot here. Yeah, wireless hot, yeah, like hot a 4G hotspot. Yeah. yeah, wireless. And you how and how yeah, do you pay? Like how do you pay for it? Do you have to go to a store and buy some kind of an access code, or uh, how, what? How do you actually get on? Oh well, like you know, um, the, the leading company, the leading company called um, the um, Seratel. It is a Seratel company. We are they are the one that is you know selling it. So like they have their different spots where I can get it, and so like I can just fill it in the in the in the MIFA, and from there I can switch on. So like they have like one day. It's like when you buy like um, two dollar to three dollar, you can spend the rest of the day. Now, how but do you problem, pay for like, it? Do you go down and pay cash at a physical location, or do you have a credit card uh, or Bitcoin that no, you're paying? Oh, with? <laughs> I pay I pay with with physical cash. So like mm-hmm. I go down and to one of their booths and buy, you know. And sometimes maybe I can just subscribe for the whole month. So like if you subscribe for the whole month, it's like one hundred dollar for the whole month. Hundred a so like hundred dollar? Is that what you said? A hundred dollars? Yeah, hundred dollar yeah, for the whole month. And so how many Leons? I mean, the average uh, Sierra Leonean. How many Leons uh, do they make per per day? And when you say dollar, are you talking about the 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 Leon? Yeah, you know, it's like um the 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 earning the salon earning is very poor. Like one like one like one man cannot go with one dollar a day. So it is really pathetic sometimes, you know. But it's not easy. Like people don't even use internet too much. But for the younger people now, they are using internet because most of them have smartphones. Like if you check the population now, we have so many young people using smartphones. So like they can subscribe with their with, with, in, when they are using their maybe their local. If you if you are in the Airtel or Saratel, this little company, this uh, mobile company, they can give you access with internet. So you can browse, 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 and you pay for it. So like you can subscribe for the rest of the day. You can subscribe for one month. Subscribe. So like it's how it happened like that. What? But the only thing is like. Like the internet facility is not easy because the earning power in Sierra Leone is not easy. People, you know, don't have the money to afford it because, like, that is how it happens. When you said the the what power is not easy, 
Yeah, yeah, it's not easy because the point is, you know, um, one man cannot go to one dollar a day. Now, that when is, you said, just, I'm is, sorry, maybe I'm, I was unclear, unclear. When you say, when you're talking about dollars, are you referring to the, the Leon or are you referring to yeah, U.S. dollars? Yeah, 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 we are we are referring to a Leon's because, like, if you if you equivalent the Leon's to a dollar, it's like you, you can equivalent like one dollar to our Leon's. So, like, if you equivalent the Leon's to the dollar, are they t- are they the, that, are so, they tethered? Is one one dollar worth one Leon? No, one dollar. Yeah, like like you can have something like um, you can have something like seven thousand leons okay. for one dollar. <laughs> so um, seven- it says here on uh, the state dot gov something that seventy uh, percent, that seven zero percent of Sierra Leoneans live on less than one dollar per day. So they're talking about U.S. dollars. So there. you're okay. saying that internet yes. connectivity for you costs the paychecks of three people. The full month's yeah. paychecks of three people? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. Wow. It's not wow. easy. It's, it's, it's like be like that. So like the paycheck for like like the, my internet facility is like it can it can feed like three people. That's incredible. That's uh, that's amazing, and I, I appreciate you calling in here tonight. I know you were actually calling because you wanted to uh, talk about the Porcupine Freedom Festival, something that you're intending to uh, to go to. What yes. I know, you've been yes, looking yes, to yes. Uh, to raise money for that. How's that going for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, it's it's not easy because like I'm getting so much, you know, um, challenges in regards to getting funding and um, so like that is because I'm trying to call and see if I can get someone over there that can say, oh, Mustafa is in Sagalu, let him come down and see how we can get one or two for him, you know. So like my campaign is still going on and I'm trying to see how I can, you know, get that up and get the the my, my flight ticket and um that's Did you and you still have to apply main. for a visa correct yes you know last 2016 i i i was um you know i was denied mm-hmm. because like after you paid them 160 dollars right wasn't it 160 dollars yeah 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 so yeah. the paychecks so this is like f- t- uh, 10 yeah. families could have eaten on the amount of money that you gave these people the u.s government took that the money US government yeah yeah well right that's where you get the visa from yeah yeah that's where you get the visa yeah, the US from, Mark. Yeah, the U.S. government took my money. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, the U.S. government took my money. That's, when you go to U.S., you US, have to apply at the U.S. Uh, embassy. embassy. In uh, presumably, there's yeah. is there one there in Freetown? Yeah, we we yeah yeah U.S. embassy is in Freetown. Yeah. So like I I. I, I went to the U.S. embassy in Freetown and apply. Here you go. So like here's here's $160. Here's half a year's uh, paycheck for uh, for one guy. Uh, and wow. uh, yeah. there it's gone. Sorry, denied. Thanks for the yeah, hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, Go did. back to work. What a bunch of robbers! Uh, ha- yeah. How can people help you, uh, Mustafa? What's the easiest way for them to get oh, in well, touch with you? Oh well, well, like you know, you know, I have my story. You know, like I have what, what's my story in regards to all of what I'm going through, and then um, how people can help me through my Bitcoin wallet. Like th- that is how you know, and um, but what's the way know, they could reach sell- you if they wanted to? Is it uh, through the Sierra Leone Liberty Group? Is it uh, S L L G? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like I'm trying to put up my my campaign because like I put up a campaign last 2016. I'm trying to put up my campaign because I've already done my story. In the to- I have no idea what that noise is, but it's absolutely horrifying, and I don't, I'm still not sure where it's coming from. Hang on one moment here. Okay, that's our ISDN line. Um, all right, so I apologize about that. That wasn't your fault, uh, Mustafa. We had some terrible noise coming through. Um, I would recommend people can reach out to you through the Sierra Leone Liberty Group. Uh, check out the Sierra Leone Liberty Group website. What is the website? 
It's www.slg.info. There you go. Hey, thanks, Mustafa. More coming up. A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. Hey, it is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. By the way, I want to welcome our newest radio affiliate, KTRC AM 1260 in Santa Fe. Now, for those of you who have been paying close attention, you may be saying, wait a minute, weren't you guys already on a station in Santa Fe? Yeah, that seemed, that's what I was thinking. And yes, we are also on their sister station, KVSF FM in Santa Fe, two different talk stations Interesting. owned by the same company. Do they one have of, different formats? Yes. One of them okay. is uh, an FM talk station. The other is a, uh, a progressive talker on AM. It's so. really difficult to find programming in the evenings on uh, talk radio, right? We're not on at the same time, necessarily. I think there's a slight difference in the timing that between the two stations. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I believe, one hour where we're overlapping on both stations so you so if you miss us on one station you can listen to us on the other station which is kind of cool we don't have too many markets where we can say we're on two distinct talk radio stations in the same market that's the only one thanks yeah so (laughs) welcome aboard uh to everybody listening to us on ktrc You, you are listening if you're listening in uh in Santa Fe on KTRC, you are listening in what they call delay broadcast, which means that you're not hearing the show live as we do it. But that doesn't mean you can't participate. You can. You just have to remember when our live hours are. If you're in Mountain Time, you can call us live between 5 and 8 p.m. And we're there. Uh, I believe they're carrying us Monday through Friday. So uh, anytime during the week, you can call in, you can take control of the airwaves, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, and I think you'll find that uh, we're certainly not conservative talkers, but we're also not like your typical progressive talkers either, Uh, but we are open phones and you really can call in about whatever is on your mind here. Right, and and that's the truth, right? Like, you don't have to agree with the things we say. The phones are open for you to call in and get your opinion out. If we're wrong on an issue, for God's sakes... Call in and tell us because we've been wrong before. Sure. We don't run your traditional top down show where we say, okay, this is what you think. Think it. That's what, Mm -mm. you know, they spend so much time doing. They claim to be, you know, smarter than uh, most Americans with half their brain tied behind their back or whatever it is that they're claiming at any given time. You are welcome to call in Free Talk Live and make your case on any given issue. Indeed. And we're going to get back into the Lord's Resistance Army and uh, the Christian version of ISIS. That's what we started the show with. Mark, you, I believe you had more that, that you could share from That's the correct. story sure. that you had brought up. And it's Ian J and Mark in the studio tonight. But let's go to the phones first where Jack is on the line in Norfolk, Virginia, listening online. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Ian and Mark. God and Jay. bless. <laughs> and Jay. Go ahead. Oh, uh, and the other guy. Oh, I was just calling. I got this friend, and every time I call him, and we've been friends for a long time, he threatens me. Uh-oh. And I... Nice friend. That's not a normal reaction, is it? No, that's not a thing that a friend would 
would do. How long have you been friends with him, Jack? Oh, man, we've been friends for about three years. But, I mean, spiritually, we go far beyond that. I mean, God's been around forever. And now, it's not God that's yelling at me, but I think he's forsaken God as well. Now, I'm in Norfolk, but he's somewhere in the, in the you know, on the West Coast. Uh, you know, like Nevada. It's not Nevada, but it's like it. I, I don't want to say too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what's the point of, uh, of, you know, what are you driving at here? Well, how would you handle it if a friend just pick up the phone when you call him? If a friend doesn't pick up the phone, well, that might mean he doesn't want to hear well, from you. So, just to clar- just to clarify, are you saying that you you call the person who you believe is your friend? He threatens you when he does talk to you, and that's rare because normally he doesn't answer the phone. Well, then he follows it up with a text message, and I know he doesn't mean it. (laughs) So how do you handle it when you know they don't mean it? I would say at some point you got to give up. I mean, you've only got a, a limited amount of time in your life. Although you may be someone who doesn't work, I don't know. But uh, most of us, you know, we got other things that uh, we could be doing with our time and pounding away at it. Your name, your friend's first name. Well, yeah, yeah well, uh, I, well, I, we'll just call him James for now. Started with a J, yeah. Okay, James. James. With a J. With a J. Well, you know, Jack, I would say that uh, it's it's sad sometimes, but friendships don't always last. Sometimes people grow apart, and I thank you for your call tonight. Uh, the toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. It hurts, you know, if I, you've grown I up. have a few friends that they call me, and I, there's and one's a relative, actually, that uh, will call me, and I don't pick up the call. If it's, Why? If it's after like one, because uh, one p.m. or one a.m. One p.m. because okay. they're they're probably intoxicated. Oh wow! And it's going to be, you <laughs> they're, know, they're drunk dialing you. Yeah. Well, no, it's, they're they're calling me purposely. Yeah, you're to just to you know complain about life or whatever. And, and then I got another. Is this a male or a female? Oh, definitely. Oh yeah, it's a female. Okay. And then I got another friend who uh, he he is actually a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh boy. And like if I'm driving down the road and got nothing to do, I'll pick up the phone. But like he actually just <laughs> called me twice. Um, during the show, during the show, yeah. Okay, and uh, I'll tell him the tell him the call in though. Okay. <laughs> we love just paranoid schizophrenic people. Why is <laughs> he, that? He, he might be listening. He's probably not listening if he called because I, I I've been telling him to listen to the show. But yeah, uh, and you know, he'll, but he'll call me, and then sometimes I'll be like waiting for an important call, and I'll be like w- welding or working on a machine, and, yeah. and, I'll, and my phone will ring, and I'll be so I'll be listening to something on my Bluetooth while I'm working, and then I'll go grab, go stop everything, go grab it, and it's just you know, he's like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, I'm uh, you know. And I just got like just stop everything I'm doing right. just for a minute. Yeah, you know I um, it's easy for me to get sort of frustrated with, uh, with with people that call when I'm doing something, but they don't necessarily know. That's one of the problems with the cell phone culture that we have is is that you can call somebody any old time and or text them or whatever. But I feel like a call or a text is um, it, it, it's because I'm a salesman, right? And contact from people is. You know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to contact people. I'm supposed to give them yep. information, that kind of thing. Uh, when I deal with them, I've, I think I prioritize certain contacts too high. So if somebody calls me and I recognize their number or whatever, it doesn't mean it's an emergency. It doesn't mean it's important. And um, you know, sometimes you just got to let it go. 
Yeah, if it's a number I don't recognize or blocked or unavailable, I always pick it up because really? well, so I advertise, I sell hay, I sell horses, I I you know offer services, you know, I got you know, well, I advertise only on Craigslist now. I used to advertise in all kinds of papers, but yeah, for years and when you know, for cell phones first came out, you know, very few numbers, very few caller ID numbers actually came through. I mean, I've I've had this phone number since 1998. And, <laughs> wow. You know, cell, well, I got a cell phone as soon as I, you know, got out of high school. I know, but I've had, I don't know, <laughs> five or six phone numbers since I and, got my first cell and phone. And so I always pick up, and I do have a couple customers or numbers or for some reason they yeah. have a voice over internet, whatever, and it doesn't show up the number. So I always pick them up, but I always pick up unknown and and unavailable numbers and sometimes numbers that, that can bite you in the butt but if you're doing business like you are then it's important to and, do that, and right? if it's a telemarketer and i got the time i would generally have a lot of fun with them but i haven't gotten a real life telemarketer in a long time it's hmm. just the, these audio recordings you yeah. know yeah uh, and you can't get robots. rid of those you can't say don't call me again yeah but the phone you the phone i have now will let me send uh, phone numbers basically to auto reject Okay. Which is a feature I'd always wanted to uh, to have. It's an, I've got an Android. I don't know if it's a standard Android yeah. feature. I'll now, let you look at mine and see thing. if you can figure that out. Uh, but uh, what the way I do it is I hold on the number. So like after the call's over, if let's say it was a, a spam call, mm-hmm. uh, you just hold press on your call list, and then it's one of the options send to auto reject. I'd always yep. wondered why. You know, for years I've I've had a smartphone for a decade now. And I'd always wondered, why didn't they make blocking numbers a feature here? Because it used to be... Right, how hard would that be? It used to be if you were getting somebody harassing you, you had to call the phone company and you had to say, I need to change my phone number because they would refuse. I remember there was one time in the past, I think it was a girlfriend that I that I had, uh, was getting a call from an unwanted uh, person. And the, the phone company basically said, or the cell phone company that she had basically said, yeah, well, we can change your phone number, but we can't block the call. It's crazy. Just, I just found that ridiculous. It just seemed like this is so obvious of an easy thing to program into a smartphone, and now they finally have it. So, yeah, anytime one of those spam calls comes through to me, it's just auto-block. Clink. Yeah, which they could always change their number, I suppose, and they probably do. They probably but, have a bunch of them, yes. Yeah. Uh, Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's it. But at least it feels good to be <laughs> to be able to do. You're never Something calling you again. Uh, 855-450-FREE. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free here. We've got more to say on the Christian version of ISIS coming up in moments with you in the studio. It's Ian. Jay. And Mark. Also want to let you know how you can save big time on your purchases at Amazon. It's called Save It Purse. You go to saveitpurse.com and you can save easily 15 20%. No problem. Uh, I do this usually on a, a weekly basis. If there's something I need to order from Amazon, I go to saveitpurse.com and I put it in there and I'll put it at at least 20% off. Sometimes if I'm not in a rush, I'll put it at 25% off. See if I can get that kind of a discount. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things you need, but you don't need them today. Exactly. And there's stuff you want too. So whether it's something you need or something you want, uh, you can do it and get a great de- uh, deal through Save at Purse, saveatpurse.com. Uh, there is a catch, though, because you know you don't just get 20% off of stuff from Amazon for no reason. In this case, the reason is you're using cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or one of the popular alternatives to Bitcoin. 
the increasingly popular alternatives to Bitcoin because you can use uh, ShapeShift integration into the uh, the website over at SaveItPurse.com to easily shift from one crypto into another to make your purchase. And it, re- it works very, very well. I love SaveItPurse.com and I think you will enjoy it as well. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy getting 20% off everything they buy? I like savings. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Dave. He's in New Hampshire. Uh, is this Dave from the Ridley Report? Something like that. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? Well, there's this phenomenon I like to call the genius of New Hampshire. And it's this fact that so much liberty activism happens without the need for any free staters. And sometimes it's not even liberty activists. It's just people who are right about something standing up to the government. And a case like this happened, I guess, around March, 24, uh, March 27th. It's been blown off by the mainstream press. There was a guy in Manchester who went to City Hall and tried to pay his parking ticket of some sort in pennies. That's right. $75 parking ticket. His name was uh, Billy, I believe, and uh, he's a Marine veteran. So Marine veteran who you know went to supposedly fight for his country is now being told by the police he needs to leave. What do the thin blue line people do about that? Uh, kick him out, apparently, and threaten his camera. No, no, man. not the cops. I want the, oh, the about supporters. The, yeah, the the the, the, the people, cop suckers. Yeah, the, those those folks. I mean, because they you know they revere both of these a marine veteran and a police officer. What do you do now? Yeah, that could be a little uh, bit of cognitive dissonance, right? Yep. So, Dave, have you been so following main- that story? Yeah, I watched both the videos, although the second one I didn't get all the way through it. The first one is the most interesting. He's he's open carrying, for one thing. That's right. What else is interesting is the fact that they even called the police on him. But then when when the police got there, their demeanor is pretty good. They seem like they're friendly, but they they threaten his cameraman. They tell him that he's not allowed to audio record them. He has to to inform them or not. They, they essentially intimidated him into turning off the camera almost That's right. immediately. They lied to him. And uh, this was, yeah, they, they said that he's not allowed to record. The actual quote is, quote, because I, I blogged about this over at freekeen.com a couple days ago. And put, so if you're looking for these videos, that's the easiest place to go and find them. Just go to freekeen.com. The uh, headline is right there at the top of the page. The quote from the, clo- the cop is, quote, you have to advise us you're recording us. You can't record audio. Well, they've false just... False and false. They have... Okay, the Glick decision said, look, we're sick and tired of telling you cops that, that, uh, that you get, don't have a right to privacy when you're out doing the public's work on the public's dime and the public's uh, sphere. And they will... Um, you know, they made it clear that it's the officers that are going to have to pay at some uh, some point in the relatively near future. So, I would, if I was this cameraman, this is a lawsuit. They gave him an order. Mm-hmm. They, you know, misrepresented the law. They they gave him an order under the color of law, and they violated the law. And these people, it's going to go right in their pocketbooks, and it, they're not going to learn. Police officers in America are not going to learn until their paychecks get docked. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying these guys make a lot of money. And Manchester PD should know better because, you know, there have been They some- do know better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I was that cameraman, well, I would have uh, been like, what are you going to do about it? Well, <laughs> you know, come on, what are you going to do? Because I know would the love law. to bait them to, so I'd have the opportunity to sue them like mm. Carla did and... Ian did? Uh, and I didn't guy. sue Manchester police. No, but you you sued... Uh, I didn't sue... No, they uh, just offered to no. pay in Palmer. Uh, I fi- yeah, I settled with the uh, Palmer police in okay. Massachusetts after they illegally uh, the other arrested inter- me. The other interesting thing is that 
the I interviewed the chief about this sort of thing, the Manchester police chief Nick Willard, about six months ago. And you know, hey, are we are we done here? You know, is there is are there going to be any more of these kinds of arrests? Or are you done with this? And he said, you know, our officers are trained to allow video recording. Hmm. And I said, well, do you mean video and audio recording? And he said, yes. Ah, so you got him on the record. That's all on tape in a video that aired about six months ago. Yep, interesting. They're in big trouble on this one. No, they're not. So now these guys have, you know, obviously didn't pay attention to training class on video day. Or they know that they can get away with it. They can get away with this until somebody call, holds their feet to the flames. Well, this this person is, I mean, somebody's going to contact this person. They're going to say, hey, you've got yourself a $50,000 payday right now. Maybe. I hope somebody does. So did he get arrested for wiretapping or anything? No, or? No, they, he, no. The dude shut the camera off. Oh, okay. Well. And then a few days later, they came back. Now, the guy who is recording, if you look at the comments on the YouTube video, he does acknowledge that he made a mistake, basically, and he should have... You know, he he realized that it was it was illegal what they were saying to him. But in the moment, uh, yeah, sure, you know, he's, he's scared. Well, he has every reason to be he scared. He probably doesn't have a lot of experience recording police, and usually a newbie is going to go ahead and back down. When violent gang members threaten you, people usually back down. Right, and that's understandable. That's why it's so helpful to have a, a, a lapel pin of some kind that you've made that says I'm audio taping. Then, then they cannot accuse you of failing to inform them. That's what they said to this guy at the beginning. wasn't that he wasn't so much that he wasn't allowed to do it. But he wasn't allowed to do it without informing them first. Like like you're supposed to interrupt every conversation you've ever seen yeah. while you've got a recorder on. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, look, if you're he's holding a camera recording. up, the chances are good you're recording. Yeah, he's openly recording. I don't know if it was with a phone or with a video camera, but either way, the cops should have known. And beyond that, you don't have to. I linked to a story that no, I posted over. Huh? You don't have to. No. Right. I, I now you do when it comes to regular people. Right. But the cops but, are making money from the public. They're in public. Right. They're in a public building. There's a there's a New Hampshire courts uh, case from 2015. It was a, just a district court, but it still stands as precedent. As I understand it, it hasn't been overturned. I have not heard anything about that happening to this case where a district court judge ruled that a man who was recording the police secretly was legally doing that. Yeah. And the police are supposed to know that. They are law enforcement officers. And they're just not going to get the message until they get hit in the pocketbook. I've been charged with wiretapping in Massachusetts like four or five and that, times that's what, over that's the That's what they use the cover for. They say it's wiretapping and, when you record them. what my defense was on one of them was, hey, these guys are public servants. And everything they do is a matter of public record. That's right. And I was just creating a record. On the job, on the record, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. He's really good with the police, and you can check out his videos if you haven't yet. He's always got something cooking over there. Thanks, Dave, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and Yeah, I mean, if that story develops and I hear more about it, I definitely will post. But if you haven't seen the video, you can check it out over at Freekeen.com. And then they come back later. So there's the the day where they were intimidated by the police and then another day a few days later where they came back and were successfully able to pay $75 in pennies to the bureaucrats in the parking department. Oh, interesting. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com 
Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, I want to let you know about the official wallet of Free Talk Live. It's called Jax. I was just using my Jax wallet today. Bought a little bit of Dash. And that's where I'm uh, storing my Dash because the uh, Android version of Jax has it. You can use uh, Android version of Jax for uh, Dash and Bitcoin and Ether and more, actually. In in fact, uh, Jax is actually available cross-platform. It's available for iOS. It's available for Windows, uh, Mac. That's cross-platform? Linux. That's what cross-platform means. What does it mean when you can use it on both your laptop and your phone? Cross-platform. Both terms mean cross-platform? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Cross-platform meaning that uh, the the app is available on multiple platforms. So okay. web browser would be one pl- platform, and then the app would be another platform. So that would qualify as cross-platform then? I guess, yeah. I mean, when I was thinking platform, I meant uh, like operating system, sure. basically. So like Telegram's another example of an app that's like that, where you can message people across your platform. There should be a new word for um, some, you know, an app that you can use on both your computer and your smartphone. I believe that, that is cross-platform. Yes, there should. Okay, but I could be wrong. If I had I a, an iPhone and I had an Android and I put uh, you know jacks on both of them, you'd still call that cross-platform, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's not the same thing. You're saying category. You're talking about like like phone there versus laptop. There should be another laptop. word to describe the ability to use maybe it. cross-operating system. I, I don't know. I don't. Well, that's good. Good point. Pretty much every app has a web browser version to it. Correct. I don't know if that's true. There's a lot of apps out there. I know most of the ones that you interact with that you use, obviously, like the LRN.FM app probably doesn't have a web browser, but you just got the website. I would say most apps probably don't have a a non-app version because an app is basically a program and not every program is written for a web browser, basically. Mm. Uh, But anyway, Jax is. You can go and get it over at JAXX.io and I would recommend... Uh, backing up your jacks because you oh, don't yes. want to lose your phone and it uh, it is easy to back up jacks and uh, therefore easy to recover your funds if something terrible does happen to your phone it sometimes can happen something will terrible will happen to your phone yours went in the drink as you were boating about down in florida yeah, yeah. It, uh, uh, didn't handle salt water real well so jacks is striving to give you command over your digital life coins contracts currencies identity and more there's a big vision for jacks it was created by anthony diorio who is the one of the founders of ethereum and it's got shapeshift integration built right in. It's really a great wallet. Uh, you can go to Jax, the official wallet of Free Talk Live, by going to jax.io, J-A-X-X dot I-O. As we continue here, we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, we've got more on the Christian ISIS, according to one uh, Islamic lawyer, I guess, who was being interviewed uh, by who I don't recall, but Mark, you have the story. It's not an interview. This is just uh, him sort of blog posting what his experience was communicating with a guy that, uh, you know, just believes Muslims are generally bad. Got it. And uh, if you want to continue with that, we can do it. Our toll-free number, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. It's Ian, Jay, and Mark here in the studio. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, uh, I, sorry, I was uh, thinking that you were, you were foreshadowing it, not ready to go. So he points out, now, when he says the Christian ISIS, the, the challenge here is basically saying that, hey, um, you know, how come there's an ISIS and that's Muslim, but there's no Christian version of ISIS? Doesn't that mean that you Muslim folks are more dangerous than us Christian folks was essentially the, what the guy was saying, right? Which is a ridiculous assertion. Well, it's, it isn't if you... 
I mean, it's not a, a ridiculous assertion if you That's don't know the That's as ridiculous as saying there are some men who are violent, so therefore all men must be prone to violence. If you hear the news all the time and the news says, mm-hmm. you know, this Muslim terrorist did this, this Muslim terrorist did this, this one did this, you're going to come to the conclusion relatively quickly that Islam breeds more violence. Which is a uh, really fallacious conclusion to come to because you're not doing it based on any evidence besides what you've heard on the news. Well, a I mean, lot of people believe that. These jihadist Republicans I speak of in Colorado, right. all of them were like, they see someone who's Muslim or they see a guy who's Indian. Those people aren't thinking. Oh, no, they don't think at yeah. all. They just, you know, they're all about, you know, Fox News and, you know, whatever the Bush administration has to push out or McCain or whatever. And But I was at a gas station with one of these guys that I worked with out there. And the woman was clearly like Indian or Hindu. She had, you know, red dot and, right. like, you know, the, you know, get up going yep. on. And I was talking to her about some things and just chit-chatting with her a little bit. And we got back in a truck. That guy was mad at me. It was like, why would you talk to them people? Don't you remember what they did them to people. us? Yeah, them people. I go, the Hindus had nothing to do with it. So I'm like, what do they do to us? He's like, don't you remember 9-11? God. Just, you know, that lady's got nothing to do with that. Nope. I said, do you know what religion she is? And he, he don't, she's an Arab. I said, no, she's no, not. No, not even close. And, you know, she's one of them crazy, you know, effers, he says to yeah. me, you know. Tell, but just but, but a lot of them guys are like that. They were, and yeah. And these same guys are all, you know, rah, 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 right. pro-Trump. Well, the Sikhs, um, or Sikhs, depending on how you uh, decide to pronounce it. The towel heads. Um, right. Well, the ones that actually yeah. wear turbans right. uh, are getting attacked all over America because dumb rednecks don't know the difference between Sikhs and Muslims. Yeah. And it's... I'm sure it's very. I, I, it's it's incredibly frustrating for these people. I bet it is. They're getting killed. They're like, dude, I'm a Christian. For somebody else's religion. <laughs> yeah. And um, but in this case, this is a Muslim who is confronting. You know, he is, is in a conversation, a serious conversation with a guy and who's asked. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with this question, Ian. You you want to make the question sound dumb? I don't think it's dumb. Fine. It's a great question. Let it's me ignorant. tell you. Let it's me ignorant. tell you where the uh, Christian. Uh, ISIS is. And he answers first. He says in Uganda, the Lord's Resistance Army, and he talks about the 100,000 people that have been killed by this uh, Christian army. Over what, 15 that, years or something like that? That wants to establish biblical law as a self-described Christian organization. Yeah. In the Central African Republic, there are Christian militias that have destroyed every single mosque and that UN reports that Muslims are facing ethnic cleansing. That means genocide for those who, who don't know. At the hands of... Christians. Christians. Right. With Christians actually cannibalizing Muslims literally. Um, he Ugh. he says that Ugh. some American white supremacists are self-described Christians and that they're the single largest terror threat to American security, as described by the FBI and 392 police agencies in a study published last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you know, that's at the very least he's pointing out that Muslims aren't the biggest problem in the United States um, and the FBI no and, doubt. and uh, these policing agencies say so. And then he points out, and I think that this is this is probably not something that means much to me or means much to the people who are going to hear it, but I'll bet you it means a lot to Muslims. George Bush, a devout Christian, said that God told him to ev- invade Iraq, oh dear. where some estimates um, say a million civilians were killed, at the very least they, 150,000. Wow. Who is George Bush's God? Well, whoever it is, um, it would tower. He was told to invade Iraq. And I'm not saying that I think that the Iraq war is a Christian versus Muslim war, but I am saying there are a lot of people who think that they're both Christian and and both Muslim. Right. And using Jesus 
to justify going to war is about as backwards as a you know viewpoint as a Christian could possibly have. I well, mean, it's absurd. Historically, it has historically it would have certainly been uh, silly, considering that. Uh, St. Martin of Tours, uh, one of the earliest saints, uh, was a soldier who quit the military because that's what you did as a Christian. Once you became a Christian as a soldier, you generally quit the military, mm-hmm. or at, at the very least, um, you know, you felt convicted over your uh, participation in the military. Maybe you maybe you would wait for retirement to get your acreage and whatever, but that was the notion was that Christians don't participate in war. That's been my understanding. I mean— well, it's changed you know, uh, the that's not peaceful to with, go to war with the um, inclusion of like Charlemagne, the Germanic tribes, the Franks, the, these kind of people. Jesus became much more like Thor. And I don't think that Jesus, you know, certainly there was the, the lesson of turning the other cheek. But, I, you know, there was I don't know of any is there was there a prohibition in Christianity of self-defense? It would have probably been, yeah, it would probably would have been the thing that you would have done, yes. There was a prohibition on self-defense? Prohibition isn't the right term. Uh-huh. That would be something that would be, uh, you know, that would be something that Because in Islam, do. you are allowed to defend yourself, but right. you're not allowed to go after an attacker if they turn and, you know, The first and martyr, retreat. and his name is escaping me um, at this moment, he... Uh, stood there peacefully as they stoned him to death. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring in what you want. You can weigh in on uh, Muslims, Christians, violent people. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. We do have Skype. By the way, you can Skype in here at username lrn.fm. And I do want you to know about how you can help Free Talk Live and get the stuff you want over at Amazon. You go to shop.freetalklive.com, and you can enter Amazon US. You can go to Amazon UK and Amazon Canada, whichever Amazon is right for you. Just get your shopping taken care of, and you get the same great Amazon deals you're used to, same great Super Saver shipping deals and uh, Amazon Prime, all that. It's the same experience. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Amazon cuts us a portion of the sale. It makes a huge difference for us on a monthly basis. So thank you to everyone who takes the time to go through shop.freetalklive.com. And if you haven't yet done so, then just go to shop.freetalklive.com, click the right Amazon for you, and then if you want, you can save yourself the steps next time by just bookmarking that landing page. So as soon as you get to Amazon uh, from shop.freetalklive.com, you just bookmark that page and then just go back to the bookmark from that point forward. And that saves you an extra step. And then go to your parents' computer and do the same thing. There you go. So shop.freetalklive.com as we go to your calls and thoughts. More about uh, religion, uh, specifically Islam and Christianity and violence that is associated with certain believers in those particular religions. We'll get back into that coming up here in moments. 855-450-FREE. Let's go first to Robert. He's in Reno, Nevada, listening online. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, guys. Um, I was just thinking that uh, I might be able to shed some light on the whole cross-platform thing that might be able to help you out. 
Yeah, there was some question about what does that actually mean? Is it uh, you know a program that is sort of uh, available on different operating systems, or is it does platform refer to uh, you know a type of computer like a like a smartphone or a tablet or both? It's a programmer's uh, uh, it's a programmer's word. So what they're looking at is are they able to use the same source code, the same programming language to make it work? on different operating systems. Now, that operating system might be on a PC, it might be on the web, it might be on uh, Android or iOS or any other uh, variation. So cross-platform is a programmer's uh, word to use to say this program, you don't have to recompile it, you don't have to reprogram anything, it's going to work on Mac or Linux or Windows. Hmm. And the way that they do that is they usually find a way uh, they usually find a language that has surpassed, for instance, uh, JavaScript. JavaScript is able to be used now these days, as an example, it's able to be used these days cross-platform because it wasn't really native to any platform in the beginning. It was used as script, but now they can actually compile JavaScript using uh, the Google V8 engine, which basically t- turns a, a language that was originally meant for just making, you know, pop-ups and stuff happen, you know, cool things happen on a website, and now you can actually uh, run a web server off of it. it, it that's, so it, it, when they're talking about cross-platform, just like, uh, let's say, for instance, Telegram. Telegram's desktop uh, cross-platform uh, system, it can work on Windows, it can work on iOS, it can work on Linux. But Not Telegram is different uh, between yeah. its phone version and its desktop version, right? Like it works slightly, it's not an app. Right. it yeah. works slightly differently. So, I mean, they obviously have two different programs that they're compiling, right? Or maybe more than two. They they do. the The desktop version is cross platform. Ah. In other words, on the desktop version, you can technically run the desktop. Okay, uh, let's let's look at it this way. If I run Telegram on my Windows system, I cannot open up a secret chat the way I could if I were on a Linux box or any kind of Unix uh, variation or if I was on Mac OS. And the reason why is because all of those uh, other ones besides Windows all run off of the same general type of kernel. In other words, they all have that Unix-based system, whereas Windows, you don't have that added functionality, but the actual program works across all of those platforms. So it's 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 really weird, and it it can kind of get into gray areas depending on what the program is. So but, would it be better yeah, if we said cool. that uh, that Jax was available on multiple operating systems? I don't know. I haven't looked into Jax's source yeah. code yet. I haven't looked to see. But if they do, you might want to ask them. If they say it's cross-platform, then yep. from that's, the programmers, is that what they say? Because I don't think that's terminology they've used. Okay, I didn't know if I. Yeah. I know it was. So, I wrote that down on the uh, the copy that we have here, so I wasn't sure if I put that there or if they put that in my head. But either way, yeah. Well, the, the, the device itself doesn't matter as much as what's running on that device and how it's uh, how it's uh, uh, meeting up with with the chip. Yeah. In cool. other words, thanks how does, for the, how does the software uh, talk to the chip. Thanks for the geek uh, perspective on cross-platform. <laughs> that definitely helps clarify You're things. Welcome. 
Uh, Robert, thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And you can join us. It's that easy. Just call in. When we sound confused on the air, you can help us. (laughs) Help us understand. We're just talk show hosts. We don't know anything. or Not everything, certainly. (laughs) Uh, We're certainly not experts at much. The uh, the toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Captain Clark. He's on the high seas. Although somehow he's watching us on Roku, or listening rather, on Roku. Uh, listen, or We do have an audio feed on, on the Roku box, uh, but I don't know if the reception is going to be that good on the high seas. But either way, welcome, Captain Clark. Oh, I got a good, I got a good joke for the old Captain Mark there. I heard he's been out on the high seas. That's true. Arr. He has. Uh-huh. Mark, are you there? Sonny? Yes, I am. Oh, Sonny. good to see you. Uh, good to hear you. Uh, I've got a good pirate joke for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. R. What's a pirate's favorite letter? <laughs> well, it, it would have to be R. Oh, it's not the R. You'd think it'd be the R, but it'd be the C. <laughs> R. That's good. Okay. Okay, that's all I got for that's you. That's it, huh? Thank you. All right, pirate joke night. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. For those that don't know, I uh, took a took some time off from the show to take a uh, 35-foot catamaran yeah. uh, down from New London, Connecticut to Sarasota, Florida. Didn't from- you have an eye patch once? Yes, you um, did. I so not at the same time though as the camera. No, um, the eye patch is really uncomfortable. Yeah, and I just don't care if my vision is distorted by my unrepairable eye issue. Oh, so you you could still be wearing it, is what you're saying? I should wear an eye really? patch um, in order to because your your brain wants your eyes to see the same thing, and yeah. mine don't. So does that mean that if you are, is it is one eye blurry? No, it's, it's not blurry. It's that I see different things. I've got a uh-huh. uh, lesion on my retina, which causes the uh, distortion to the macula. Um, so it just sort of warps it. You know, like if you look into, um, you know, something that's reflective but shaped different than flat. Like a funhouse mirror. Yeah. And it's got a, it's got a, shape, a different shape to it. Huh. Not quite as uh, distorted as a funhouse mirror, but it has yeah. a distortion to it. So you can't see things in other realms than with the uh, other eye, huh? You haven't developed a superpower yet? Not yet, no. Um, unfortunately, it's just uh, <laughs> just this. I can. They can sharpen up my vision. Uh, putting glasses on does help, but each eye is twenty twenty. It's mm. just twenty twenty in different ways. And warped. Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. um, what I've uh, what I've found, uh, and they're not a sponsor of the show, but uh, what I found is, is I basically need reading glasses. I gotten old too. Uh, both of these things happen basically at the same time. I got yeah. got old, needed reading glasses. That usually happens. Yeah, I got uh, some of these thin optics that I saw on Facebook, and they're just glasses that you can stick on the back of your f- that have a little case that you can stick on the back of your phone, huh. and it's convenient. You know, the most of the time I need reading glasses. And they just, just kind of stick to your nose. I just need them. Yeah, they, they don't Morpheus have. Morpheus style. They yeah, don't yeah. have arms. They just go across right. my nose and hold hold there with a spring. Right. So I can read a menu or read something that I need to read real quickly. Now, obviously, if I'm going to sit down with a book and read for 15 minutes or an hour or whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to get a pair of my reading glasses at home that you can get uh, you know cheaply at the dollar store. But these thin optics have been really awesome for me. So I've hmm. stopped wearing glasses because... You know, glasses are $600 every couple of years. They get scratched. Um, you know, they, they get dirty. I'd rather just have the distorted vision than wear glasses. Didn't you get your glasses at Zenny Optical where they're like 20 bucks? Yeah. Um, you think they're 20 bucks because you don't wear glasses. You go to Zenny Optical, you start building a pair of glasses, and yeah. suddenly the price goes up. Huh. Okay. 
I'd always heard that they were like 20 or 30 bucks. I'm not saying they're expensive. They're not. Yeah. Um, I, but the frames are, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I think Zenni Optical is a really great option for yeah. for um, a lot of people, and I have glasses from them, and I like those glasses. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, if you want my endorsement for uh, Zenni Optical, they're not Optical, an advertiser. I'm just, they're not. You know, I just know people who've who've gone there. I'll say that yeah, they're they're great. They're good glasses for the price you pay. Yeah. Um, you go to get the custom glasses at the optometrist. You're going to get a better pair of glasses. Right? It's the difference between buying a Sentra and buying a uh, okay. you know a, a, a Mercedes. You're getting a better mm pair of glasses. The toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, worst car I ever owned was a Nissan Sentra, but <laughs> it was a piece of crap. It wasn't Nissan's fault. It was old. Uh, we're coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is on the way. Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road Underground Market. The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit FreeRoss.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit FreeRoss.org. That's FreeRoss.org. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free. Join us right here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Religion and violence. Turns out that when somebody claims to be a Muslim or claims to be a Christian and then goes out and commits horrific acts of violence, that shouldn't necessarily reflect on the rest of the people who actually, you know, believe in in that religion, in my opinion. I... From what I understand, most violence that's been committed in history has been done in the name of religion. That's I don't know my if understanding, it's most of it, but that's a, certainly a lot of it. Yeah, I think you'll hear that a lot from atheists. Um, I, I and that's but fine by me. If you if you include the, if you include the worship of the state in that as as a religion, then I would agree with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is a it is a religion. I mean, it's, people worship the state just like they worship. I agree with God that, or yeah. Buddha well, or whoever. That's what you toss back at any atheist that says that um, you know more people died in name of religion. You're like, hey, let's just talk about uh, Joseph Stalin and Pol Pot and mm-hmm. a variety of other. Other, uh, you know, communists, which of course they'll and be the like, US government. but that's not religion, or that's not uh, you know that's not for for um, you know whatever reasons they'll basically you know bounce it back. And, and oh, I would love to hear somebody give me reasons why the atheism. government isn't a religion. What's that? I would love to hear people give me reasons why the state, as we know it, is not a religion. Well, I'd the love answer to, hear to the question reasons. as to why the state is not a religion is because they weren't told it was. Well, the, yeah, that's crap. Like the town, town of Palmer is a charitable organization. That is, you know, tax exempt and the IRS, uh, you know, sets up all these all these uh, municipal corporations are literally just charitable organizations, just like you know the Catholic Church. They don't or, behave or like any, a charitable organization. No, no they don't. Be, but they are set up literally with the same style tax ID numbers and the same, a very similar, you know, tax exemption because they are charitable organizations. And the Supreme Court that uh, ACLU versus Massachusetts State Police, if you Google that and the, the name Jack Collins. Uh, you could read about how the, the Supreme Court in Massachusetts ruled that they are charitable organizations, the state police, and they weren't bound to this, uh, you know, constitutional, re- you know, inf- Freedom of Information Act request or mm-hmm. Massachusetts general law, whatever, public records request because they, they're charitable organizations. They're not part of the government. They are not the government, according to the Supreme Court in Massachusetts. So yeah, they are. That's confusing. Right? Yeah. 
No doubt about it. So, Mark, you were sharing with us a story from. Uh, are you done with you done with that piece? Yeah, basically that piece is done. Okay. I mean, there's a there's a little wrap up that the uh, the guy gives. He um, was talking about the sort of Christian ISISs out there, Christian radicals who are slaughtering people, like the uh, yeah, the terrible, horrible, horrifying people. Yeah, Lord's Resistance Army. He mentions some people are being uh, cannibalized. In the name of Jesus, apparently. <laughs> right. I mean, he gives a, a great deal of examples. The Lord's Resistance Army, uh, Christian militias yep. in um, uh, Congo. He points out that the FBI and uh, policing organizations last year uh, you know, identified white nationalist groups as the biggest mm-hmm. threat to peace in the United States. Um, so, you know, the those that would have you believe that Islam is a threat to the United States, uh, this great threat to the United States, aren't looking at, well, you know, necessarily the facts all the time. They're not looking looking at at them myopically. Not to say those facts don't exist, because they certainly do. They're looking at the outliers. They're looking at the the crazed, uh, you know, zealot, radical, violent nut jobs, which exist in different religions. They exist in uh, Islam and they exist in Christianity. And uh, you mentioned the Lord's Resistance Army. So I went and I looked a little bit bit further, you know, into that. Well, let me give the Uh, the wrap that up so I can uh, finish up this guy's article. So the, uh, the Muslim scholar says, so before you question any Muslim about ISIS, which, by the way, is the result uh, of that Iraq bombing. Um, so he was referring to Iraq bombing resulting of you know the Iraq war and not the result of the Quran. Please check yourself. Pretty sure it was Jesus who said something about moats and beams and judge not lest ye be judged. Yep. So Lord's Resistance Army, according to Wikipedia, has been around since 1987. And those who've been listening to this show for a while may remember about mm, five years ago, I think it was the Coney 2012 meme, like hashtag Coney 2012. This was, you know, back when hashtags were just becoming a thing, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But I remember that. We we were all on this show. We talked about, you know, who's this Coney guy? Well, apparently I didn't uh, retain the information because uh, Coney is the leader of the Lord's Resistance Army. And there's a story from The New Yorker that was published in late 2015 about Joseph Coney and mutiny in the Lord's Resistance Army. So just to kind of share you a little little piece, a little slice of, uh, of life from what that organization is like. Right. And I'd like to point out, it's not like I'm dancing on, uh, you know, looky, looky, see, Christianity is violent, too. I understand that p- people are going to be violent and mm-hmm. they're going to use their religion as an excuse. As justification, yeah. Religions tend to be really great ways to bring people in an, in uh, similar geographic areas together, right? Mm-hmm. Like it speaks to culture. And so when you're talking about ISIS, I understand it's a terrible, violent organization, Sure, but Islam is a religion that spans the globe a with billion a billion people, people in it. Yeah. To say that it's bad because I read this thing or that thing on the internet is not uh, looking at the whole picture, not by exactly. a long shot. That's like to say that because you know some Christian ministers are... Uh, liars and uh, thieves that all of them are necessarily bad. And right. Not I true. don't believe that for a second. Uh, not all of them are like Ted Haggard, who was snorting crank off of a hunting knife in a uh, hotel room with a gay, uh, you know, uh, Hooker. a gay prostitute. So anyway, Vincent Okumu Binancio, uh, nicknamed Binay or Benani rather, was uh, one of the many children who had been abducted by the Lord's Resistance Army in northern Uganda. Captured in the mid-90s when the group was rapidly growing in power, Benani was taken to live in the compound of the LRA leader, Joseph Kony, in Sudan. 
In Benani's late teens, he became one of Coney's bodyguards, and he eventually rose to the position of his chief aide, managing the welfare of Coney and his several families. This close proximity made Benani and other boys blindly loyal to Coney. When you say several families, are you talking about a Christian with multiple wives? You've never heard of such a thing, eh? Well, I'm just no. Yeah. I've heard of it. I, I just didn't know, and yeah. it's it's not nearly as common as it used to be. Benani was Christians don't think of themselves as a uh, poly, polygamous w- polygamous uh, religion, but yeah. well, you know, there's Jesus didn't say anything about it. No, nope, it's not unheard of at all. Benani was so naive, so sincere, said A, and that's all we're giving of uh, his name, or the woman's name, who was Benani's wife for a few years before she escaped in 2004. She said he believed what Coney said and did everything he ordered. Ms. A, who was kidnapped from her boarding school in 1996, is now living in northern Uganda. This devotion meant that by 2009, when Benani was still in his early 30s, he was one of the most senior LRA commanders. Kony entrusted him with the leadership of all groups operating the Democratic Republic of Congo, nearly 300 armed men, or almost half of the LRA's troops, according to my estimates. Benani alleged that, uh, or allegedly was one of the leaders of an assault on the Congolese region of Makombo that killed 320 people. In 2010, Kony asked Benani with a, or tasked Benani with a mission that he said could, quote, determine the future of my government, unquote, according to former LRA fighters. Kony ordered Benani to lead his group of 34 people. The LRA has operated, by the way, since 2009 in groups of 30 to 50. To kill elephants in Congo's vast Garamba National Park, collect as many tusks as the group could carry, and transport them back to Kony in Kafia Kingi, a disputed sliver of land between Sudan and South Sudan under the partial control of the Sudanese armed forces. Kony, of course, intended to... Sell the ivory in order to fund his little war. That's right. He wanted to barter the tusks for food, uniforms, and ammunition. This would be a lifeline for his fighters who were attacking and often killing civilians to steal their food and clothing. The journey from Garamba National Park was... This is how war used to be fought. Basically, you had to fight your way and um, you know take farms from people and, and eat and that sort of thing. Um, obviously... Uh, modern nations don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they have a whole different. Uh, yeah, they, right. they, they rob tax taxpayers. Farms. Yeah, they rob taxpayers uh, to do yeah, it. These guys are funding their war with elephant tusks. The journey from Garamba National Park was long and hazardous. Benani's group, which included eleven women and children, walked more than three hundred miles through some of the world's densest vegetation to avoid major roads in the Central African Republic. On the way north to Kafia Kingi, they carried thirty-eight tusks, some as long as six feet. Jeez. And shoulder saggingly heavy. In November that. of 2012, after more than four months of walking, the group finally made it back to Kafia Kingi, where a proud Benani delivered the load to his mentor. We will tell you more of the story here in moments. A little uh, slice of life from the Lord's Resistance Army, the Christian version of ISIS, 855-450-FREE. And you can join us here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free and join us on the radio waves here. Our number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. 
And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. Also, I uh, do want to let you know about Bitcoin.com. In fact, Bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current Bitcoin core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of Bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi Nakamoto's vision. As community efforts to resolve these problems have failed, it's necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you're casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. As we continue here, we will take your calls about whatever you want. A little bit more here from the New Yorker about Coney. Remember that name? Coney, Joseph Coney. He's the leader of the Lord's Resistance Army in Uganda, which has been around now for 20 years. And Mark, you had brought up the Lord's Resistance Army earlier in the show in an article about uh, the sort of Christian equivalent of ISIS. Right. And these guys were the, the best current example of that. There have been a number of examples of violent Christian groups. It was the top uh, of the list. It doesn't make it the best example. But I said it's the current uh, best that's example. That's just a claim that you're making. Yeah. It's not made by anyone um, that was in the article. Were there other groups that he specified? Because, yes, Congolese okay. militias. Um, oh, okay. And he okay. Uh, <clears throat> also mentioned that uh, George W. Bush said that God told him to invade Iraq, right. um, which I don't find very convincing um, as uh, you know an American. It's like, I, you know, I just dismiss that, right? But I'll bet you there are plenty of Muslims over there that say you know, that that in and of itself makes the Iraq war a religious war. So I'm just going to share a little bit more here about the LRA, Lord's Resistance Army, and then we're going to go to your calls where you can bring up anything you want. But we were just telling you about, uh, this was in November, where a group of his men, and there were some some of the, some women and children uh, that, that were accompanying them, that they had carried 38 elephant tusks with them over a long distance and it took them four months actually to walk Uh, many of these tusks were very very long and heavy some as long as six feet so when they got back to the location where coney was the lra leader according to the new yorker quickly turned from jubilant to furious three fighters in banani's group banani was sort of like uh, coney's right hand man uh, he was originally kidnapped by mm-hmm. Coney back in the day. Anyway, uh, Banani's group had brought back three teenage Congolese girls. From interrogating the girls, Coney learned that his three lieutenants had disobeyed his strict constraints regarding sexual intercourse. Coney ordered the lieutenant's immediate execution, and he released the women. It was so cruel, said a former fighter who calls himself Mugabe. They walked for so long to bring the tusks and were so tired. Coney did not even let them recover. They were all skin and bones. And he killed them. For what? Because of these women. Unquote. Coney founded the Lord's Resistance Army in 1987, at first to combat Ugandan President Yauri Museveni, who had seized power a year earlier. Claiming to have been possessed by spirits, Coney at first enjoyed a following of a few hundred and garnered a few minor victories in skirmishes with the president's soldiers. His standing changed dramatically in 1994 when Sudanese President Omar Hassan al-Bashir agreed to provide Kony with guns and ammunition in exchange for LRA attacks on the South Sudanese rebels, the Sudan's People's Liberation Army, and the Ugandan Army. This guy is just a mercenary that changes his religion whenever it's convenient for him. To create his army, Kony ordered the, the abduction of thousands of young men and women throughout, the north, uh, throughout of northern Uganda. But no sex with them. Groups of LRA fighters descended on villages, usually late at night, kicking in doors and grabbing terrified young men and women. 
The youngsters were often forced to kill their own family members or friends as a way to seal their entry into the rebel force and prevent them from ever leaving. By the late 1990s, an estimated 3,000 people were fighting in the LRA, which was based in southern Sudan and northern Uganda. Kony was the supreme commander, exercising complete control over all his groups through a combination of martial discipline, spiritual guidance, and brainwashing. Although he's often portrayed as messianic or even crazy, Kony has been a shrewd, if extremely predatory operator, and has proven adaptable and resilient under extremely harsh conditions. He'd have to be to still be around. His stay in the middle of bush camps ensures that he is the last to be attacked and the first to escape. Similarly, his insistence on not allowing fighters to sleep with young women is an attempt to control the spread of HIV and to remain free of the infection. The three lieutenants who brought Congolese girls to Kony's camp had done more than flaunt the rules. They had reminded Kony of his worsening loss of control over his troops. In December of 2008, a Ugandan-led offensive drove the LRA out of Garamba National Park and forced them to scatter throughout northeastern Democratic Republic of Congo and elsewhere. Ongoing conflict with the Ugandan army decimated the ranks and eventually pushed Kony to Kafia Kingi. With his groups operating far from one another, Kony was no longer able to exercise any meaningful supervision. For a man accustomed to knowing everything from when women menstruated to the contents of his commander's dreams. What the hell? The three youngsters' sexual laity perhaps suggested his own unraveling. We can tell you more about it uh, here in moments. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. we got Michael. He's on the line in Hooks at New Hampshire. Hey, Michael. Hello, guys. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. I want to talk about Bitcoin again. Of course you do. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it, it's. I don't know if you've heard the latest. Uh, in a the few price hours is up. Ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I probably know why, uh, because it seems like the final pieces of the puzzle are coming together on this whole fork and uh, protocol enhancements. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tell me about that, because I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I mean, you're you're our line here. I'm really interested in because um, for yeah. listeners that don't know, there's this big disagreement between people behind the scenes in the Bitcoin technical universe. Uh, universe. Bitcoin, of course, is the world's first and most successful cryptocurrency, uh, decentralized, amazing currency that has sort of taken the world by storm, and it's now worth over 1,100 U.S. dollars per Bitcoin. Uh, but there's this sort of internal uh, geek civil war going on. So, what's the latest, Michael? Um, uh, so I want to step back just a moment and uh, talk about the mining farms, which are very important for Bitcoin security because they provide security for the transactions that go into blocks and go back eight years. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it seems that about a year ago, something called ASIC Boost. ASIC is a application-specific integrated circuit. It's a chip that's used uh, to mine Bitcoins, to generate Bitcoins, and to secure the network. Mm-hmm. About a year ago... Um, um, a weakness in the Bitcoin algorithm that mines Bitcoins was uh, discovered that um, gives, uh, if, if, if implemented, it gives about a 30% energy boost to whoever implements it for their chip. And 30% translates probably into multiple times uh, of pr- profit uh, generating Bitcoins. And it, uh, that uh, that algorithm or this weakness was patented in the U.S. and maybe in China. And it was not found in the wild before maybe today because nobody wanted to have patented devices connected to the Bitcoin network. It's a libertarian idea and things like that. And nobody wanted to have this somewhat unfair advantage, which would be protected by government. Hmm. 
um, running on the Bitcoin network. And today it was discovered that one of the big, big Chinese manufacturers has implemented this in hardware and it's been shipping chips with this algorithm installed. And this is good news? Well, hold on, hold on. We're going to continue right. here uh, in moments with Michael on Bitcoin and it's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free and join us on the radio waves. You can bring up anything you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Joining you in our studio tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. In fact, you can create the content right there on the front page of the website. You just go to freetalklive.com. And it's a Reddit-based site where you can submit, let's say, a news story or a YouTube video, something that's outrageous or fun, anything you think our listeners would appreciate. You submit it there to the front page. Other listeners can then vote whether they like or dislike. You get to vote on other listeners' suggestions as well. So it's free. Go and get interactive and enjoy at freetalklive.com. As we go back to Michael, he's in New Hampshire. Uh, Michael, you were telling us about... The Bitcoin mining world, which can get a little technical, so we want to make sure that we don't go far too far off into the weeds uh, with this, and, and we we stay to where we can explain what's you know what we're talking about here. Bitcoin, of course, the uh, amazing, successful, decentralized cryptocurrency, the first one and the most popular thus far, uh, that is losing its popularity. It is uh, as the days go on here, it's kind of getting pretty heavy competition, uh, according to CoinCap. Dot io we were just reading the statistics last night i'm going to pull up the most recent ones uh looks like right now it's still the case that the altcoins are now trading in a higher volume than bitcoins are meaning that all of the competitors the hundreds of competitors to bitcoin summed up are now trading at a higher volume in total than bitcoin and bitcoin's domination of the market is now down to just 63 uh, 68.3% so it continues hitting new lows uh in market domination uh, as calculated by uh, the the market capitalization. I'd be more interested in what the uh, if it's comparing the top uh, nine altcoins to Bitcoin, um, or top ten altcoins to Bitcoin. Uh, you know, the, right. adding in those other uh, lower uh, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight thousand uh, altcoins, they don't probably amount to much. But it wouldn't be hard to do that, Mark. You could always grab a calculator and uh, start running the numbers. But anyway, Michael, you were telling us about uh, some developments in the mining world that are controversial. You were discussing some sort of patented mining process uh no a better chip a chip that um solves the um the bitcoin puzzle better than other chips would. but it's patented it, that's patented right and it it's been proven today i believe that it was implemented in the wild and somebody calculated that for a miner who controls say 50 percent of hashing power it would amount to about a hundred million dollars of extra profit per year. Okay, so the idea um, is current miners, 
if they don't upgrade to this new chip, are going to be at a disadvantage? Well, yeah. Uh, nobody knew that such a thing existed in the wild because, first, it's patented, and second, if somebody would employ it, somebody would connect it to the network, it was quite obvious that they were using this uh, enhancement. And does uh, this enhancement, how does this enhancement solve the uh, Bitcoin uh, blockchain uh, block size debate? Uh, I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting to that, Mark. So, yeah, so nobody had connected it in the um, visible way to the network. But there's another way, um, covert way, where they can employ this uh, via a hack. Now it's been called an exploit, an attack. And that way of employing the chip and producing you know, an extra $100 million a year is incompatible with most protocol extensions, including SegWit, including UTXO commitments, including fraud proofs. And what are uh, those? Those are uh, – what does that mean that it's not compatible? Is this going to break Bitcoin? No, 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 no. Uh, SegWit will not allow the miners to, uh, to use this exploit anymore. So just so to, just to clarify, SegWit is a proposal for the future of Bitcoin that is somewhat controversial. There's, uh, you know, some some of the miners support it, some some do not like it. But I mean, uh, you know, some of the miners miners don't like it because they don't really want to solve the blockchain size. It problem. needs to get to ninety five percent of the miners to yep. approve it, as I understand it. And so what you're saying is, people that are running SegWit cannot run this new technology that is more efficient. Uh, for mining? Nobody's running this new technology, but the hidden exploit um, will not be possible if SegWit activates. So people who are using this hidden exploit that nobody knew about... This hidden exploit that this new mining technology uh, exploits? Provides, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so some people are now running this thing, as you said, it was detected in the wild, meaning that somebody is running this thing. So what you're saying is is that um, miners that currently are mining Bitcoin will need to implement Segregated Witness, which is a program that is intended to fix some of Bitcoin's problems, because this new chip, um, essentially the arms race uh, of the new chip is... um, uh, you know they have to defend against it, so this is their. You're shield saying this will make people want to use Segwit to the ship. The, the uh, chip I'm sword. saying this is the reason why some miners who have those chips and are using them to get to are using the exploit do not want to implement Segwit or. Right. Yeah, I would think that this would actually discourage people from using Segwit because if you upgrade to this new chip, then you make more money, right? Well, that chip exists. And only those people who know how to use it in that way are using it. And I that's see. why they would want to block SegWit. Okay, so and, what, and so what does that mean for the future of Bitcoin? Because the price has been going up recently. Some people have speculated that it's because Japan, uh, the government of Japan, apparently came out with some sort of announcement that, uh, I don't know if it was an endorsement of, of Bitcoin as like legal tender. I don't exactly know what happened over there. But there was some sort of good news for Bitcoin out of Japan, which some speculate is why the Bitcoin price has gone up over the last few days. So are you saying that that, that this development, this, uh, this exploit, is throwing the future of Bitcoin into even more uncertainty? I, I, I think it will help um, activate SegWit. It will help hmm. uh, discourage the miners that ha- are using this exploit uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, invisibly. 
I saw an article the other day, Michael, that said, and I think it was at Cointelegraph, and I was surprised when I saw it, that said that that, uh, the SegWit acceptance was getting close to 95%. And I then went over to Coin.Dance, which is a website that that tracks these things, uh, and I looked at the blocks section, and it looks like... It looks like both Bitcoin Unlimited and SegWit, which are the two sort of main competing, uh, you know, future options for Bitcoin, they both seem to be stalled. Uh, Bitcoin Unlimited's been stalled at about thirty-eight percent of the miners uh, signaling for it for the last couple of weeks, and uh, SegWit seems to be stalled at about thirty-three percent. Doesn't seem like this thing's going anywhere anytime soon. Well, this is today. Uh, this explains why a huge miner who is a manufacturer would be blocking SegWit because there is an ex- exploit um, unknown to anybody else on the network. Hmm. So basically, what you're saying is, we're uh, you, you believe that this exploit could motivate more people to use SegWit, but there's no real evidence that anybody is. Uh, you know, there's not a big mass uh, change that has that has occurred. Nothing effectively has has really changed. Well, it was discovered that it's in use. Right, it, that happened uh, they, today. Okay. Yeah, they pulled the chip apart. I don't know what they did, electronic mm-hmm. microscopes and things like that. All right. And they've proven that this hardware has been built. And this explains why a miner would be blocking SegWit. I see. Even okay. To me. I mean, I, so it's a yeah. possible explanation, at least. It's, a, it's speculative as to this well, could be why miners... It's $100 million. Yeah, there's money there, sure. But there's yeah, not going to be $100 million if Bitcoin dies. Okay, so like... I I don't really know what's going to happen. I just wish something would happen with Bitcoin. It's so frustrating to to just watch these miners sit there as their market share just gets eaten up by the competition out there. I mean, Bitcoin was at 95% as I understand it of of the the uh, cryptocurrency market share as of, you know, not too long ago, and it's just been dropping and dropping and it you know went down to 85 and now it's down to below 70% of the total uh, market capitalization of all of the cryptocurrencies and that's that's bad news so even though the price of bitcoin is still looking pretty good in that it's you know over 1100 us dollars per bitcoin its domination in the marketplace is getting chipped away and chipped away well just think where it would be if it hadn't had this problem right it could be over 2000 this is is, correct bitcoin has had i'm sorry the development teams whoever they might be they needed a kick in the butt and i'm glad they've gotten it uh thank you michael for the call and the updates from the technical side of things unfortunately the miners they're just sitting there it seems like there's virtually no action on uh, changing anything in the last couple of weeks that I've seen. 855-450-FREE. If you are more connected and you want to comment, you're welcome to. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in studio, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. We've got Skype. You can Skype in and join us here at username lrn.fm. And again, toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up whatever you want. And if you want to support Free Talk Live, then please join the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It is all of five whole dollars per month. Or Bitcoin. You can do Bitcoin amping. Uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it it allows us to more effectively market Free Talk Live to help us get on new radio stations, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And to me, that's a cool thing. It's a valuable thing. I think it's worth five bucks a month. Uh, You can help us out and get perks 
like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast, as well as the AMP-only Facebook group, which is actually like the only real reason I'm continuing to use Facebook at this point, uh, because it is that good of a group. Anyway, you go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you can get signed up there. Bitcoin, credit card, PayPal, it's up to you. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And if you want to AMP anonymously, you can do that with the Bitcoin option. Can't do that with credit card, can't do that with PayPal, but you can with Bitcoin. So it's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and the fun. It's Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Hello, Sarah. I have been um, working to get our speeding dance for our school zone um, in Albuquerque. And uh, do you think that's a worthwhile cause? No, I think we ought to end school zones. Why is that? Because it slows down traffic. So, uh, I mean, they put them there for a reason, right? Because kids are bad about crossing roads. Teach kids how to cross the street. My parents taught me how when I was a little, you know, little boy. Yeah, that's what you're doing. That's why you have school zones. Um, well, because you can't teach right. kids how to cross the damn street on their own. I've never had to use a crossing guard to get across the street in the history of my childhood. I ever. didn't either. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that uh, time to grow zones, up, kids. That Learn to look sc- both ways more than once. You'll be all right. Zones, right. I mean, how many kids do you want to lose uh, in that gro- in that learning process? I don't know. How, how many? I mean, are you, are you at 1%? Are you at 0.1%? I mean, exactly where you at on dead kids. Business has got to get done, Mark. Uh, what business school are you zones talking are about? Slowing things most, down. Of these, most of these people going through school zones aren't doing business, my friend. They're just, you know, half of them are high. The Do other you, half of them are okay. 90. You're Let's right? meet me in the middle then. Shouldn't we get rid of them around high schools and middle schools? I mean, come on. I could I could see the oh, argument yeah, well. for a bunch of elementary school kids, but come on. By the time you're, uh, what, 12, 13, 15, 17, you can't cross the street without an old lady holding a stop sign? They, I think you've got me on this one. Uh, are, I think you're right. They are ridiculous revenue collection you know, areas. You, well, you, they're not revenue collection. They're not collecting revenue from the, the okay. kids. So no, I'm no, really- for, on, on the ticket, to, you know, it's 20, mile, 20 miles an hour in a school zone. Oh, that you know, kind of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Going and it jumps up. Tw- 25. Oh, yeah. And then if you're a certain percent over, you know, like if you're going 30 and the speed limit's like 45 yeah. and it jumps down to 20, uh, then in New York State, I, uh, a couple, one of my friends got one about three weeks ago and it turned into like a $700 ticket. It was a 45 mile an hour zone that went to a 20 and he was doing, I think, 33 miles an hour. And because he was more than 50% of the posted speed limit, uh, yeah, it was a, a very, very expensive ticket. You know what? Here's another point about... I'm willing to say it on uh, on elementary schools, yes, and uh, middle schools and high schools, no. I think that is a pretty good... Uh, good compromise? Pr- pretty good compromise. Right, I got another one for you then. Okay, this isn't a compromise, compromise, just an observation of how stupid school zones are. So how far away from the school does the school zone exist? Right. Are the kids that are walking home... You know, they're, Okay, so there's like an old lady... Right by the school, who holds up a stop sign yep. and like you know protects the children from crossing, but a bunch of those kids keep walking. It's not like they cross the street and walk into their house. I used a bunch to do of that. them keep walking and they go to other places where there are not old ladies helping them cross the street. So they're probably crossing several other streets in order to get to their they're house. They're more dispersed. The notion is is that you're you know you're you're concentrating your your value in one place. Now we'll both agree that that old lady. So kids are only valuable in groups, is what you're saying? No, that's oh, okay. not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's going to cost a lot of money to send a little old lady with every kid leaving the, yeah. the street well, and that frankly so it's pointless wait, wait. go ahead well, Sarah. I say something. you guys are talking all three of you just nonstop. i just want to say we have none we have no 
speeding bags whatsoever. Oh, you have no speeding cams. Right. Yeah, okay. that's what you want: speeding cams. And I'm very much against speeding so, cams. Sarah, yeah. I, uh, if if you're if you're wanting a speeding cam, then you're going to have to give me the little old lady with the stop sign, right? So what this is is it's a uh, it's technology that replaces the little old lady with the stop sign. She doesn't need to be there if there's a speeding cam enforcing the speed limit. Kids can walk through a crosswalk if the cars are all going 20 miles an hour, and they all will be if there's a speeding cam at these school zones. A school zone would probably, an elementary school zone, would probably be the only place, or certainly the first place, that I would be interested in a speeding cam, and I want the crossing guard taken away in exchange. Is that a fair compromise and you're going for it? Well, no, because they need both because uh, they try to run and kill over the old ladies in the yellow vest every day. <laughs> but they get, gets, a ticket, uh, but they get a ticket. But they get a ticket. It's Armageddon. Saying, Sarah, are you saying the tickets are, tickets are ineffective in uh, getting people to slow down? Well, they just pay it. It just goes on their credit here. You know, it's not a criminal. It this just is goes different from what credit, Sarah has so said they, in the past. You don't know what a moving violation is then. She's never driven a car. Oh, this is New Mexico. It's It's a moving violation to get a speeding ticket in New Mexico. Your license will be suspended. You will go to prison if you uh, try driving after you've had your license suspended. No, this this is New Mexico. It's kind of like Mexico. It just goes on your credit record. So when you want to borrow money, you have to pay more in interest. Well, that's that's what the the speeding cam and I believe the stop stop cameras, they're kind of like... You know, if you go through Easy Pass and don't stop and pay the toll and takes a mm-hmm. picture of your license plate, it goes to a collection if you don't pay it. Which I, they're not doing in Massachusetts at all of their tolls, oh, from yeah. what I understand. I know. See, this, I, is, this is not your East Coast. It's not a criminal where they actually put you in jail like Texas. No, all it does they is put you in jail for running through a spe- uh, school zone in Texas? Well, I mean, if you, I mean, they, over there, if you don't, I mean, if you ignore and tear up the. But like camera tickets, speeding tickets, you enough. But enough of them, they'll put you in jail. Oh, and, for uh, ignoring tickets. Georgia, okay. Yeah, and uh, they Georgia do that everywhere and for Texas ignoring tickets. Ohio. Over yeah. here, they treat it like a parking ticket. So they'll run over and kill an old lady in a heartbeat, and, and then run over the it. kids right afterwards. Yeah, I don't think so, Sarah. I don't think so. If you run over an old lady or a kid, yeah. you're going to get prosecuted. Well, Sarah, uh, Sarah believes that cars are uh, weapons of mass destruction, essentially. Um, you know, just the, the very notion of them terrifies her. I, it's interesting that she'll get on a bus. Like, uh, the, it's not the combustion engine. Mm. I think it's the fact that uh, just fewer people how, are on the vehicle. How about horse and buggies and using horses to get around? What do you think of that, Sarah? <laughs> You know, six thousand pedestrians were killed last year. That's enough people to get killed. I that mean, is a non-answer. Thirty thousand people were killed in cars, so pedestrians pale in comparison. How many were thirty thousand? That's what I'm talking about. See, people that drive inside the cars are killing themselves in cars. They're putting makeup on the freeway. How come you're not scared? You should be scared if that many people are killed in cars. It's, I'm not a bad driver, Sarah. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> whether you're a bad driver or not doesn't matter. The other guy is what you got to worry about. I've and- got an F-350. I think I should be okay. <laughs> They'll probably bounce off like a hockey okay, puck. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. But, but that said, you know, if you're scared, you shouldn't get behind the wheel of a car. But it is, you know, kind of a dangerous process. Sure. I mean, you have to acknowledge whatever vehicle you're in. 
you know, you're you're hurtling down the road at 50 miles an hour. The oncoming traffic's going at 50 miles an hour. You get a 100-mile-an-hour accident waiting to happen. Well, and if that idiot that's coming, you know, because a lot of times the people are, do not know what they're doing on the roads. Maybe they're not paying attention or they just don't know how to drive. But, you know, you've got to you've got to act like the other people on the roads have no idea what they're doing. You've got to watch out. You've got to drive defensively. That's that's what I do. I've yeah. got I've got almost uh, over a million miles of driving. I've done a wow. lot of it. And, oh, yeah. I've got trucks that I've put over, you know, several and put over hundreds of thousands of miles on, you know, doing my business, buying and selling hay and horses and traveling all over the place. And, so what do you think about school zones? You've obviously traveled through a few of them in a million miles. So actually upstate New York, there's a couple of school zones that go through. The school zone is 45 and, My God, there must be dead children lying everywhere. It's a 55-mile-an-hour road, but when the school zone, it's uh, Route 22 uh-huh. in um, Cambridge or Salem. I've uh, New- never heard New of that. Yeah, uh, every school zone I've ever seen is like 20. Yeah, but most of them are 20, but yeah. there's a couple that are, and that, even in Colorado, I've seen some that they were, you know, 45, <laughs> the school zone, and the school's like right next to the road. You know, you remember Sarasota, Mark, where Sarasota High School was right on uh, US 41, 41. And there's one stop, there's like, or not a stop, but there's like one crossing point right in front of the high school. The school zone literally lasts for like, I don't know, 100 feet or something. It's not a very long school zone. I didn't zone. even know it was there. Oh, there's a school zone there. And, you know, and then it's over. It's like, it starts and then it's over. And it, to me, that's just a perfect example of how a, just ridiculous these things are. As though all the students are crossing in that one spot. It's, it's just, you're not protecting anybody. It's just for... It's just for show. More coming up here uh, tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. You want to protect your kids, teach them how to look both ways multiple times before they cross the damn street. It's Free Talk Live. We'll see you tomorrow. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com.